Welcome to the day in between. The day after Good Friday and the day before Easter Sunday. Welcome to Holy Saturday. Some people call it Silent Saturday. Some people call it Nothing Day, which I think is probably a bit harsh. And for some, it's even the moment to reflect on a descent into hell. It's the in-between day. It's the waiting day. It's the day when, for the followers of Jesus, everything had stopped and nothing had started. Death had been and life had not yet come. And I don't want to over-egg the comparison between the cosmic, traumatic, astounding events of Easter and this coronavirus pandemic, dramatic though it may feel at times. But I do wonder if there might not be some emotional parallels at least. Good Friday, shock. Shock that everything Jesus' followers had known, the course they were on, had suddenly changed. And they had no warning. Well, they had had warnings, but I'm not sure they believed those warnings. And so suddenly they were not where they thought they were. Anxiety and fear for the future. What now? What, what, what's going to become of us? What, what's going to happen? What's it going to be like? Disappointment. But, but I was looking forward to that. But I, I really wanted to do that. That, that was going to happen next week or next month. And, and now it won't because nothing will ever be the same again. And then, of course, the pain of grief and loss, and the sorrow of death. And while I'm not sure that we can claim to be in quite the same place as those disciples on Holy Saturday, we know this will finish. We know life will return to something more familiar, something more like what we're used to. We don't know when and we don't know how. So perhaps there is a sense in which this is a bit of a holy Saturday for us. And of course, God being God, it is no coincidence that Holy Saturday fell on the Sabbath. I don't know what you think of when you think of Sabbath. I think lots of us think of day of rest. Maybe we equate that to a day off. But of course, for the Jewish people, Sabbath is far more than just a day off. Sabbath is a day to return to some old familiar traditions, a day for worship and community as well as rest, a day to find the rhythms that will again steady them and ready them for the week to come. And to some degree, this is a day of rest, isn't it? This, this shutdown. Now, I say that cautiously because there's a strange dichotomy whereby some people are working harder than they've ever worked before and some are in enforced rest. It's not a straightforward rest, but it is a rest. It's a rest for creation. It's a rest from the pell-mell, the loud, busy, crowded kind of consumerist Western society life that we so often get caught up in. 
It's a forced change of pace and as such it is a rest. But might it also be a Sabbath in the other senses of the word for us? Might it be a time to find rhythms of prayer and community? Not just to bide our time with, not just to occupy us while we're waiting, but to steady us and ready us for what is to come. What if we could return to our more familiar version of life with new patterns, which change the way we do things? When we talk about prayer, we quite often talk about rhythms. It's a popular word in kind of prayer parlance, I suppose. And uh, I think we talk about rhythms because we don't like to talk about habits, but that's really what we mean. I think when we talk about rhythms, we're talking about developing habits that are good for us. What are your habits? Um, I have two. Um, one of them is that every morning when I get up, the very first thing I do is drink a cup of tea. I partly drink a cup of tea because the next thing I do, I'm privileged enough to live the kind of life where the next thing I do is a, is a time of prayer. And I want to be awake for my time of prayer. And that means tea helps me do that. The other rhythm that I have is that at some point in the day, no matter what I'm doing, I will always make contact with my friends somehow. Not all of them every day, but I will always make contact with friends. And those habits are things which I have chosen over the years. They're not things I choose now, I do them automatically, but they're things that over the years I have invested in because I believe them to be important. And I wonder what habits you might invest in over the coming weeks because you believe them to be important in life, whatever shape life may take after all this is over. We've put a resource on our website. So if you go to canterburydiocese.org, there is a resource called Finding a Rhythm. In fact, you could just Google Canterbury Diocese and Finding a Rhythm and you would find it. And we've put it there simply because it suggests some habits. It suggests some daily prayer habits you might like to try out. And I'm not saying this to sell you the resource. Ultimately, your habits will be yours and you need to work out what they might be for you. But I offer it to you as a suggestion. It involves four habits. It involves the habit of reading. Oh, I should tell you, by the way, that they spell out the word rich, uh, which is partly to make them easy to remember, and it's partly because they are about the enriching of life. The first habit is reading, reading the word, reading about the word, reading, uh, reading things that open our hearts and minds to being attentive to God. The I is for intercession, exercising that muscle of compassion when we pray for other people, not getting stuck in our own stuff but looking outward. The C is for connecting, praying with other people, making contact with somebody or maybe several people each day to ask them what their day's been like and how you might partner them in prayer. And the H is for hope. Hope is the thankful, grateful perspective on a life that is not always easy, but a life that has great beauty and goodness in it. So those are four habits that you might like to try out. The rhythm suggests reading. 
first thing in the morning, intercession at lunchtime, connecting at dinner time, and hope last thing at night. But again, that's just a suggestion of things that you might do. The more important question is, what are the habits that you sense God calling you to in this season? What are the habits of prayer and worship and community which you might like to start if you haven't already? I don't know about you, but the last few weeks have felt a little bit chaotic one way and another. And I wonder if we don't get to take a deep breath and after this Easter Sunday, perhaps choose a rhythm to live. I don't know if you knew this, but apparently if you do something for 21 days, it becomes a habit. Well, at time of recording, this shutdown season is going to last for at least another 21 days. So perfect habit forming period of time to choose what we want to do more of and be more of when all of this is over. What are your habits? And they're not just about things to do while you bide your time. They're not uh, sort of drumming your fingers kind of, well, while I've got nothing better to do, I'll do this. What are the things that you want to start now in order that they might continue when you're busier, when your time is more full up? Because you know that they take you deeper into God and deeper into community with those around you. I'd like to close by reading something from Henry Nouwen. This is from Bread for the Journey. Being patient is difficult. It is not just waiting until something happens over which we have no control. The arrival of the bus, the end of the rain, the return of a friend, the resolution of a conflict. Patience is not waiting passively until someone else does something. Patience asks us to live the moment to the fullest, to be completely present to the moment, to taste the here and now, to be where we are. When we are impatient, we try to get away from where we are. We behave as if the real thing will happen tomorrow, later, and somewhere else. Be patient and trust that the treasure you are looking for is hidden in the ground on which you stand.